This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably for a 30-day free trial. And while you're there, we recommend that you check out the Life and Death of Stars lecture series. It's great. Give it a listen, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Probably Science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. Uh, we're recording back-to-back episodes. If you're a Patreon patron, you might have already heard the voice of our guest because we kind of combined both the previous and subsequent guest for the little bonus story. But if not, let's just jump straight into it. Excellent comedian, Denver Import. Are you from Denver originally? Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Troy Walker. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Are you born and raised in Denver? Born and raised, yeah. Wow. I'm a townie. I went You're to in. high school there, went to college there, I went to law school there. How many of the Denver comics are full Denver? Because, or how, and how many just moved to Denver for comedy? Um, I don't really think of any, like, the only one that I can think of that, like, just moved to Denver for comedy is maybe Rachel Weeks. Okay. Um, and I guess Janae Burris. All right. But, like, uh, everybody else, although I don't know if Janae really moved for comedy. So, you, Josh, all of the Grolix guys. Yeah, all all... The, well, Ben Roy. But Ben Roy didn't move for comedy. Right. But, um, yeah, Andrew Orvidal's born and raised. Kate and Holland's born and raised. I'm born and raised. Steve AJ's born and raised. Um, there are some funny Sharp people that have come out to that city. Very solid yeah. city. Sharpentier, Josh Blue. Yeah. It's a good he, comedy town. Uh, did he win last comic? Yeah. He did. Although, Blue Blue might... I can't remember if he was born in Africa or if he just lived there for a little bit. Oh, that's right. He's got some weird multi-citizenship going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if he was born there or if he just lived there briefly. But I know he's from Denver. Yeah. We Very got cool. A we, got a, we got a good little crew. Yeah, yeah. You certainly do. Hey, Troy, we'd like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories, ignoring the one that you just did. Uh, about 15 okay. <laughs> minutes ago for the, on the slide. Uh, what, if anything, is your background in science? My background in science? And that's ranged from people who had a subject they liked or hated at school to people who used to blow stuff up in the woods with their friends. Um, I mean, I liked it. I used to play... I mean, I don't know if it counts as science exactly, but like probably my favorite thing growing up was like my the, like a rector set. Oh, oh yeah. that's cool. Like yeah. That. Like that's I like, engineering, I think, yeah. or a bit like sort of junior kid engineering. Yeah, I always liked stuff like that. And those um, ones were like, you didn't have, it wasn't like there's a prescribed, uh, that's like open sandbox sort of like, it's whatever you want to. Yeah, you could do that. But it also had like, that was like more Legos, like build whatever. And like the Erector set, you could build whatever, but it was complicated enough that it had like plans like it was like oh if you want to build a car these oh, are the okay. instructions to build a car these okay, are the pieces okay. you need stuff like that i don't know if it's the same as in britain you had meccano and i think it's the same thing i think they're similar but i don't even know if you can get the old school erector set you can make anymore. like little cranes and stuff and yeah they like had the, gears and pulleys and yeah but it also had like um like there would be like there was like one little motor thing that connected to a battery pack and you could use that to put into all kinds of stuff right but um yeah the old school like a rector set like was the like metal yeah the metal yeah, metal they don't like, like that anymore like straight like up like pieces like screws nuts bolts yeah <laughs> like dude we find them all over the place like my mom was constantly vacuuming them up <laughs> um 
And yeah, it was like the because it didn't really change when I had it. It was pretty much what it had been in like the fifties when yeah, you get an erector. Yeah, it, it is. By the way, I'm looking at this now. So, Meccano and Erector were very similar, and then Meccano bought the Erector brand in two thousand and merged oh. them. So, so they ruined it. Is what that's you're what they had. Although, <laughs> although Meccano beat Erector to the punch by ten years or so, it was the Erector set was nineteen thirteen. In New Haven, Connecticut, and Meccano was eighteen ninety eight in Liverpool. Can by you, Frank Hornby? Can you still buy an Erector set, like a yeah. classic, like a classic one? Though I don't know if you can go. Here's a classic, classic from like a hundred years ago. This looks heavy duty as fuck. Like <laughs> kids are gonna hurt themselves with that. <laughs> yeah, this is like that's one step like close to actual construction. Yeah. You're, like, you're just sending a kid to work at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's mine. Wasn't like that. Mine was like uh, all the little holes in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the different little. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying to see if this is like basically what I had. Seems similar, but it seems different. It doesn't seem as like gritty as it It was. Really industrial. Yeah, it was very. So, did you enjoy that at school? Did your school have a kind of workshop and? No, this was like at my bedroom. But I mean, did your school have that as well? Were you able to do that kind of stuff at school? Uh, I remember we had like when I was in elementary school, we had like uh, like a science week thing. And it was like partly, partly like science education stuff, but also partly to kind of try to get you ready for middle school because you would have to go from different classes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so they had all these different, they had different rooms with different workstations and they, they had you go from one room to the other okay. for a couple of days or whatever. And you would do different things in them. And I remember that. I remember, uh, we used to, uh. In third grade, we dissected owl pet pellets. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never did any of that, but loads of people did that. That seemed to yeah. be the go-to at school. Yeah, the owl pellets, man. They're super cheap because an owl just goes... And, like, <laughs> and it's full of, like, up a, mouse bones? Yeah, it's like mouse bones, squirrel bones, like weird like little animal That's bones. Gross. And you would like... Someone's engagement ring. <laughs> yeah, so you would like pull all that stuff out and then try to like figure out what animal it was. Could um, you really tell from that? How, how big is an owl pellet? I mean, they were like, well, I'm probably like that. Like what? A few inches, yeah. It could cough that thing up whole like that? Dude, yeah. owls are so big. They're like massive. I'm looking up owl pellet to see the size of these things. Me and my friend almost Ugh. hit one once. Oh, God. These pictures have like full carcasses inside of them. Yeah, man. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Colorado was fucked up, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. Colorado was like... Go was going hard. The amount of like outdoorsy stuff. I have a whole bit about it, about what it was like growing up there, because the, so much of it is is just like You're put them out in the woods. Mountain men, yeah. Did <laughs> Dude, you ever do outward bound. Is that a thing that was still around when you were? No, it's so they used to. So the bit I have is about uh, Ballarat, which is, and I think like Denver Public Schools had Ballarat, and then I think I like. Jefferson County schools and stuff like that had like what they called outdoor lab, but basically they owned all this land in the mountains. The school district owns all this land in the mountains with cabins and stuff. And when you're in like fourth grade or fifth grade, they would take you up there for like three, four days and you would just, you would do nothing, but you would just hike and do weird. Like you would do like experiments and stuff, but mostly it was like, hiking around they'd be like bring gatorade and you'd like shove your backpack filled with like gatorade and snacks and then you'd just be hiking through the woods 
for hours and hours and hours wow. and you would do all this other stuff like we they had us um they had us use like a wood fired oven in this like shack to make cornbread they oh, that's had us. cool. Dude, it was so cool. That's awesome. But yeah, Denver and Colorado is all like, as a kid, it's like tons of like. Just throwing you into nature? Dude, forts, like, and the I'm talking, like, I've panned for gold a bunch of times. Uh, I've done gold? it you found so many times. I've done that in Colorado. It's Yeah, it's like a thing. And you found gold? No, I never found it. <laughs> Not even like a little fleck? No, dude, it's you just Actually, like. No, that's a lie. I did it in Northern California. That is a complete straight up uh, lie. Yeah, well. It's very much a Colorado thing. Mines go. I've been in a lot of mines. Yeah. I've done a show at there. Colorado School, School of Mines. Mines. Yeah, I've done that. Sh- I've done. It's a, show a fun gig. Too. That was a fun. It's gig. great. Yeah, they're a good audience. They're really smart because they're like they're all brilliant. engineers and yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, those miners are mines. those miners are a threat. Yeah, a lot of caves, a lot of forts. But you're. I've spent a lot of time in Colorado in the last few years because that's where Holly's from. So right. We, and yeah, you are a very outdoorsy people. Very, yeah. It's, it's you probably have thing. the highest fleece to person ratio of any state. <laughs> For <in the> <laughs> sure. <laughs> For sure, man. It's like, I, I love it. I miss it. I miss it all the time. Did you grow up skiing? Nah, I wouldn't say I grew up skiing. I skied as a kid. Yeah. But I would like, to me, growing up skiing sounds like, oh, like me and my family, we used to go three times a year to the thing, whatever. Right. It wasn't like that. It was just like, if you grow up there, generally you will find yourself on a slope at some point. <laughs> Can't avoid it. Uh, I was in a thing called uh, slippers and sliders that my mom put me in. It was like uh, it was like a ski group for like young, like inner city kids, mostly black kids mm-hmm. and Hispanic kids. And they would take you up to like Keystone for a week and Ooh. you would just learn to ski. You just ski all day, every day. That, that, that was like a kind of like we need to get black people skiing this is ridiculous yeah Colorado this looks embarrassing like, right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah but uh yeah man i don't know that's like a thing that you're just like part of it like all of that shit hikes all of that stuff slippers and like... sliders is also the name of my nightwear trombone group <laughs> <laughs> so Oof. It's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's as popular as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it never fully took off, and I can see why now. I think we really had trouble with the web optimization on well, account of the skiing organization of the same name. Well, yeah. Also, and if you say, "Hey, come to my nightwear <laughs> trombone group," people probably show up and are like, "Wait, there were this is literally just literally people in pajamas and, and trombones." Yeah. There are I a whole world of problems. A, I thought this was going to be a sex thing, man. Nope. You lied to me. <laughs> and we're like, technically we didn't. Now, are you going to stay for the tromboning? Yeah. And I mean that again in the right. musical <laughs> instrument literally sense. Literally, it's <laughs> <or not>. to <laughs> play. I got my dick all hard. <laughs> Y'all just over here. <laughs> for nothing. For nothing. That would have been a good... There was a thing... I went to the music camp that had a thing called slumber music every night where different ensembles would go between the camps and play to put you to sleep. And sometimes it'd be a brass ensemble and... Like, <laughs> Just to help you sleep. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it was actually really cool. Like, so you get some really well, top-notch like players who would just sit down. I guess it's usually like string quartets, but they would just play like but 10 minutes of something. A little heart that those off to the tuba? Probably. But I mean, if you're a good brass player, you could play something soothing on a trombone or tuba. <laughs> Soothing tuba? You guys have seen Soothing Tuba, right? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Slippers and sliders. Yeah, Denver. man. It was just, yeah, it was like a bunch of, it was just all all black kids from the city. Well, how old were you? I was like fifth grade. 
Okay, yeah. Fourth that's grade, a, fifth grade. It's a prime, like, still malleable brain time to... That's uh, like nine, ten years old. Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah. And, but the thing about it, so much of that stuff is like, I don't know, man, Denver was loose with like a lot of stuff. In terms of... Like, well, like, like that's the thing. Like, in the bit, like I talk about, like, they, they don't have, it's not, it's like your teacher's there at Ballarat, but the the counselors that you're mostly dealing with are like high school sophomores so they're like <laughs> high school kids so it, and it was like this weird thing where like our, you know our teacher was a woman so she was in the girls cabin mm-hmm. and so the guys cabin was just like imagine it was high school boys who were supervising right. fifth grade boys yeah. <laughs> It was just us, like, dude, it was just loud and boisterous, and, like, we, there was a lot of, like, like us, like, like play fighting, and, like, all of this, it was just noise being made constantly, <laughs> yeah. and we would hear about it the next day from the girls, because their cabin, like, you know, it was, like, one of those things where uh, there's, like, a little hallway that separates them. They're uh-huh. connected, but there's just, like, a little thing, and so they could hear us. Right. And it was, like, the first, like, like the most perfect example of, like one of the differences between men and women even at that age because the girls counselors would like have them doing their work like like like, like we were supposed we were supposed to fill out like all these different things what animals you saw like all right write a different thing and they didn't make like the guys didn't make us do any of that shit (laughs) it was just just constantly dudes dude it was just (laughs) constantly like like wrestling like doing all this stuff and getting thrown I remember I got thrown across the room and slammed up against the wall <laughs> and like slid to the bottom and everybody stopped and was like oh and then I started laughing everyone's like yeah <laughs> like, dude and like meanwhile like the girls were getting told they had to go to bed they had to like do their work and it you know these were like sophomore girls the but, patriarchy yeah, like, keeping them down they were just like like this is, you know. I'm trying to remember what I was doing in camps, in cabins at that age, and I'm pretty sure it was mostly just trying to find some way to alter your mind without drugs. So it's like f- figuring out a way to make someone pass out by having them oh, hold like- their breath and then squeezing them from behind. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, it was just doing? like the- just depriving oxygen to our brain. It was just like constant dumb dude stuff in ours. Like it was, yeah. and then like, but you know, you're fifth graders so like the next day the girls would be like you guys sound like you're having so much fun over there they don't let us do anything <laughs> like, it was the best like if you want to like, get, get used slams. to it that's how the world is yeah. <laughs> pretty, much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much we get to do anything we like and you have to stay and do the work yeah they were just i just i will never forget that because we would be like you actually wrote that thing and they'd be like they made us yeah we're doing emotional really because we were putting pillowcases on each other's heads and then punching each other (laughs) dude it was like lawless i filled a pillowcase with oranges and uh, (laughs) it was the best and like i don't know i feel like denver was just kind of like that we had like open campus in my high school like all the high schools in denver when i was in high school were open campus what does open campus mean so like freshman year you want to leave to go to lunch? Like, wh- oh, so you can like go campus. to McDonald's, or whatever for luncheon. Dude, you leave for whenever. We used to, I used to ditch so much because there was nobody keeping you there. You would just walk out, and they'd just be like, they'd just call your, uh, they'd call your parents. It would be like a little automated machine that would call and go, "A student in your home was absent period three and four. Ugh, like, and we were block scheduling, so like. Every class was like an hour and 15, hour and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. And lunch was an hour. So if you blew off second and third, because you only had four classes a day, 
you would have like four hours to do whatever you wanted. <laughs> Just run wild in, yeah. and technically, in the mountains. Yeah, technically you were at school half of the time. Yeah, yeah. you can't say you didn't come at some point. Yeah, you were like, you would go like first and fourth and there was like a lot of that kind of stuff. We they, we went on school trips to New York and to San Francisco. Damn. And when they did that, like the New York one, dude, I was like 16 and they had us do like uh like a fundraiser thing where like it was like bowling and people pledged to give you a certain amount of money per pin or whatever oh. and so you'd get all that you get this money and it was sponsored by all these evil corporations because it was the academy of finance so it was like solomon smith barney and like <laughs> chase bank were like giving money enron raytheon yeah it was just like all these like evil things and they would so we had we were less in new york city you know four to a room in with money and then they gave us Metro cards, and they were like, okay, curfew's 1130. What age were you? 16. That's awesome. Dude, yeah. they were just like, Le- <laughs> go for it. Dude. Yeah, it's just New York. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, they're just like, yeah, hey, kids live in this city. You'll be fine. It's just pre pre. We've seen Home Alone too. You know how to yeah. survive in this town. Dude, it was like, they had all kinds of cool stuff planned during the day. We would go and visit like the stock exchange. It was like right after 9-11. So we went to Ground Zero, like... You know, I don't know, six months after it happened or whatever, yeah. we went to like. That's still like they still haven't even cleaned up the site yet at that point. Like, you could yeah, no, it was like, yeah, it was just like all the yeah. like plywood stuff with the um, the remembrances and oh, the right. different little. Yeah. Like, it was really shortly after it. It was like because that was September, so this was probably like March of the following That's year. Heavy. Um, and then we also like we went to like. Uh, we did like the boat tour around the city and we did like, nice. uh, yeah, we would go to like the stock exchange into like different banks and the, the, you know, all these different sites and stuff like that. And then they took us like at night, they would have like a dinner thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lion King on Broadway, Jesus, which is cool. Wait, this is a private school, you said, right? No, this is Denver. This is Denver South High. <laughs> Why would they have? That's amazing. And, dude, and and then what they would do is like you'd be done. It would be like 8 o'clock and they'd be like, all right. Uh, be in your rooms by eleven thirty. <laughs> Try not to blow all your whoring money in one place. Yeah, so we just like take the train all over town and God. like, dude, it was great. It was really, it was, it was. And whoever comes back with the most money wins. <laughs> I think by whatever like, means. It was very. I think back on it now, and I'm like, you know, at the time it seemed like, oh, this is cool. But I like, I think back on it now, I'm like, man, they had like. There were, like, no rules for it. That's, yeah, I can't believe they trust 16-year-olds out in New York. But I guess that was also, like, post-Giuliani kind of cleaning up. Like, it's not when Times Square... I yeah, think although isn't that... Isn't that hasn't that been like, shown to be it had nothing to do with Giuliani? Well, I just shouldn't like, even say the, him, but whatever whatever time frame it was that yeah. cleaned up, like... Yeah, I've this, heard that Times Square in, like, the 80s and 90s was, like... Yeah, super, New York oh, is definitely like a nightmare. different city to what it yeah, is yeah. now. Yeah, it was, like... This was, like gigantic Toys R Us in the middle of Times Square, New York. It was, you know, it was like, it was safe. And, you know, I mean, dude, like how, like thousands and thousands of kids live in New York every day. So it's kind of, it's not that weird. It was more just like, you know, the, the thing of just being like, yeah, cool. Like, here's your Metro card. You have autonomy. Make it back. (laughs) That's great, though. They should do that. Dude, it was was, was so good. We bought all kinds of fake stuff on Canal Street. It was great. Great. I came back looking ridiculous. (laughs) 
Like I came just back. Louis Vuitton headset. Dude, I came back so ridiculous. I had like New York, all kinds of like fake New York shit. Like <laughs> Three Rolexes per arm. Dude, I had so, yeah, I bought, I had a fake Rolex that I bought on Canal Street, a fake Omega, and like an old Seamaster because I'm a huge James Bond fan. Right. Oh, that's and what he so, always wore. Yeah, James Bond, the Omega Seamaster, the Pierce Brosnan Bond was the Omega Seamaster guy. Okay. And, uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, several several thousand dollars or 35 bucks if you go yeah. to the right alleyway both tell time I, interestingly dude, i uh, did, i had no idea when i was a kid i asked my mom I was like, can i have an omega for, for for christmas and uh the answer was no <laughs> did you guys see that 3500 watch it's like 16 <laughs> Did you guys see that NFL player who was wearing like a $400,000 watch on the field recently? No. I forgot what, it's like an orange and a black. It looks so gaudy. It's like how those chunky shoes are coming back and are like $900. Well, this well, watch doesn't look like it should cost more than a house. But. Well, while you're looking that up, here is another way you can, uh, you can fix mishaps. The kind of mishaps that might happen if children are left loose in New York for a, <laughs> for a week. Side to say they've cracked the problem of repairing tooth enamel. Oh. Though enamel is the hardest tissue in the body, it cannot self-repair. Now scientists have discovered a method by which its complex structure can be reproduced and the enamel essentially grown back, according to this Guardian article. The team behind the research say the materials are cheap and can be prepared on a large scale. After intensive discussions with dentists, says Dr. Zhao Ming Lu, who's co-author of the research, we believe that this new method can be widely used in the future. Tooth decay is extremely common. According to 2016 figures, about 2.4 billion people worldwide live with caries in permanent teeth. What are caries? I'm Cavities? Guessing. Yeah, I had never heard that word before in the context caries. of... I'll look that up while we carry on this. It's decay and crumbling of a tooth or bone. Oh. It's also known as a ca- so a cavity, yeah, a, a dental carry. carry, yeah. Uh, I just got my first carry in five years last week. Oh, really? Or it was seen on an X-ray. So, Ooh. so while 486 million children have decay in their milk teeth, at present, materials such as m- resin, metal alloys, amalgam, and ceramics are used to repair damaged tooth enamel, but they are not ideal. The resin-based materials still cannot adhere well on enamel, and they will get loose after about five years. While scientists have been chipping away at the issue for years through a number of approaches they've encountered problems not least that it is difficult to reproduce the complex structure of natural tooth enamel the researchers behind the latest study say they got around this problem by developing a way to produce tiny clusters of calcium phosphate which is the main component of enamel with a diameter of just 1.5 nanometers which is far smaller than those previously employed they prepared it in the presence of a substance called tri triethylamine which prevented them from clumping and then to test their clusters they use crystalline hydroxypatite which is similar to natural enamel the research shows the clusters fused onto this material and formed a layer with a much tighter arrangement than previous large clusters so as the new layer transforms and becomes crystalline over time it extends the underlying structure in a continuous manner rather than forming many crystalline regions so it's actually growing on the teeth basically They then apply their clusters to human teeth, which have been exposed to acid. I'm guessing outside of the mouth. They <laughs> they discovered within 4.8 hours the clus- Sorry, within 48 hours. I don't know where I got that decimal point from. The clusters have given rise to a crystalline layer about 2.7 micrometers thick, with a complex fish-like scale. 
fish scales like structure of the underlying natural enamel. I did not know that enamel has a fish scale I structure. I didn't either. What what are milk teeth? It's oh, baby, baby teeth, teeth, right? British for baby teeth. Yeah, sorry, this oh. is in the Guardian, so it's a UK article. I didn't. Yeah, I guess you don't. I was like milk teeth. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's the teeth you used to when you're eating your milk as a child. When you're eating your milk, when you, when as you a eat child. your to bite through your milk. But it does seem like the grossest form of like boba tea. Like you're drinking milk, and then at the bottom there's yeah. just like a bunch of teeth. Like oh, oh, oh. It's milk teeth, milk teeth, baby teeth. Yeah, because no, okay. you you know you get them, you have them up until I, I get why. Yeah. You have them up until you the age that you stop drinking milk. <laughs> oh, because you stop nursing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's why I'm confused. Is it breastfeeding like... up to fifth grade? No, it's it's literally what we call baby teeth. Oh, okay. The first teeth that you get that then fall out and get replaced by adult teeth. Uh, okay. The first of the three sets of teeth that British people get. Yeah. Right. They have a third The set. three rows. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Milk, oh. adult, wisdom. <laughs> this, 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 we do. So, I don't know what you have. The um, Dr. Sharif uh, El, El Sharkawi. I like the fact that his name has the word shark in the middle of it. It's El Shark. Oh, yeah, it is. El Shark. Yeah, he should go by El Shark. El Shark. El Shark. Like, yo, El Shark's here. Shark. El El Shark. El Shark bought brews. Dr. Shark. (laughs) Check it out. Sharky. He's an expert in prosthodontics at King's College London, who was not involved in the work, praised the researchers. He said he found the approach very exciting. The method is simple, but needs to be validated clinically. Although it could be several years before the method is used in dental practices. Well, I got to get this filled in two weeks. So can we nope. speed this up? Like- Layers need to be scaled up to, up to 0.5 to 2 millimeters in thickness to tackle cavities. While Lou and the colleagues agree that the thickness of the layer is a limitation, they're working on ways to improve this. And the team hope to use it in a trial in humans in one to two years. I do want that because now that they have like the tooth colored cavity or fillings, have you had any fillings since they are not I guess it's been probably 20 years since they like you don't have to have your mouth look like it has metal in it now but those ones are also thermally conductive so for like the first week or two after you've had it like everything fucking hurts when you're chewing that tooth not from the pressure but just like the temperature change on that filling I have you had one of those I have never had a filling what yeah I don't think I've ever had a filling either actually damn you guys take do you do do you uh, gargle or use mouthwash I think it's because in Troy's case, it's probably because of the uh, like the outdoor bark and everything that you and the other Coloradans mm-hmm, sure. are chewing on. Yeah, <laughs> we have to chew. When you're just let loose in the woods for weeks at a time. Dude, you do learn that like you can use like uh, like you can use the coating on an aspen tree as sunscreen if you get trapped out in the woods. What? What? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, the aspen the aspen trees they have like a, um it's almost like a there's like a there's like a coating that they have so that they can protect the tree from the sun from the harsh mountain sun uh-huh. and if you're trapped out there you can you can rub you can rub some of that off and like put it'll protect you wow. yeah mother, a- mother nature's sunscreen according yep. to this article that i found mm-hmm. use the powdery coating on the aspen as an emergency sunscreen yeah bro did you ever chew on willow bark to relieve pain no I think that's real. That is uh, that is real. It has salicylic acid, which is or salicylic. Anyway, it's aspirin. Aspirin okay. comes from willow bark originally. Oh, hmm. you guys been? You guys just tried eating every tree up, up in uh, Colorado until yeah. I just see whether you hurt more or <laughs> yeah, less yeah, afterwards. Just chew on it. Um, <laughs> chew on this. <laughs> no, I don't really. Uh, you know what? I, I've I, since I was a kid, I've had a uh, one of those Sonicare's, and I think that's helped a lot. 
I've never done it. I should. This is a sign. Um, I floss like twice a day. I thought that was enough. I said, no, you got to rinse. You got to use a mouthwash too. I use a mouthwash sometimes. I'm a, I'm a big Listerine fan. Yeah. But then we did a story recently about how that, um, what's the downside? Wasn't there, it turns out, with mouthwash, Matt? I already forgot. It's it, been like a it month. reduces the effect of exercising. It stops the uh, <laughs> metabolic process by which your, your body keeps burning off fat after exercise. Oh, well, that explains a lot about how I'm currently looking. Uh, <laughs> too much... Too much uh, Listerine, yeah, no, nah, man, you should, you got to get one of those Sonic airs. Really? Okay, dude, it's it'll change your life. All right, all right. It's so how much different. You gotta, how much you got to drop on one of those? Uh, they're not as expensive as they used to be. Like, I think I just bought one for like I think it was I think I spent one hundred and twenty dollars. It seems like a lot for a toothbrush, but okay. But you have it like you for can get them from a Costco. Decade. That is <laughs> as a, a two pack. Yeah, you have it, and you'll have it for ever you just have to switch out the brushes sometimes okay. but like it's like a belt sander on your teeth it feels your mouth feels completely different i'm gonna try it in fact this might be a good thing to try to get on as, as a future sponsor let's see if we can get some yeah. uh by the way according to this quora respondent which take this as with there's zero qualification to this person it just says it with confidence but deborah uh kavkin says that the powder from the aspen tree, Native Americans used it as for sun protection, but it only has an SPF of around five, but can be used in a pinch. Yeah, it'll but, you know it'll help. Uh, still get a nice Colorado it, tan. Yeah, I don't know whether that that is with absolutely no accreditation yeah, to that person. They're, that person didn't give any kind of qualifications or anything. So Deborah may or may not be right. But I mean, I know it protects the tree. It definitely helps to an extent. It, any yeah. sun protection will help you if you're just stuck out in the wilderness. Yeah. And it's, it protects the tree, and the trees are there well, someone, 24 hours a day. That's someone true. else underneath, Marley Graves, professional interior horticulturist, says, actually, most plants appear to have something similar to a sunscreen. You can take almost any indoor plant, set it out in the sun, and the leaves will scorch in about 10 to 15 minutes. But that same plant left in the sun will grow new leaves that aren't affected by the sun. So I guess indoor, indoor plant leaves, according to Marley, have lack sunscreen natural sunscreen but the leaves that the new leaves that they grow have some sort of built-in sun protection by the way i just googled because i thought i'd heard at some point that anything spf over i don't know 15 or 20 was like all the same and it's just branding yeah like, well, I got, i've never even looked up what the technical term or what, what the technical definition is but is, isn't it isn't it meant to be and i that just how long how many more at like one 10 hours with SPF F is meant, 10 is meant to be equivalent to one hour with no protection. That might be true because the definition, at least on Wikipedia, is that it's uh, like the inverse of... So SPF, SPF 15 means that one fifteenth of the burning radiation will reach the skin. Yeah, so it it is meant to be that it is roughly the equivalent of... That's what you said, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, so like one minute... 15 minutes with SPF 15 should give you the same sun exposure as one minute without any kind of sun, without any protection. I think that is true. Yes. So you can yeah. stay out 15 you can stay out 15 times longer with SPF 15 and get the same amount of damage. And by that logic I guess there's never something that's the thing I said where there's an upper limit. Oh no, wait a second. Uh Australia in the EU sunscreens can only go up to 50. In Australia also only up to 50. So anything beyond that, they're just trying to... Uh... Oh, no, even the FDA in the U.S. proposed that limit to limit unrealistic claims 
but they still haven't adopted it. So people are still welcome to uh, do their crazy SPF inflation. Yeah, because I think, don't they just test it? I think they test it by just getting a volunteer's skin and just going like, we will... Really? Yeah, we'll rub these different things in your thing and then expose you to a sun lamp and see how much you tan related to the bit that has the sunscreen on it and the bit that doesn't. Hmm. I don't know. I believe that's pretty much how they test it. I could be wrong. Does it uh, pay more, more or less than uh, plasma donation? How much do you get, get paid to I don't burn, know. Your, burn your face for science? Would you do it? How bad am I going to get burned? How bad am I going to get paid? How bad am let's, I going to get paid? Let's How say you're going to get paid pretty well, but pretty- you're going to get very burned. <laughs> and increase your risk of skin cancer substantially. Well, they must. They, <laughs> there must be part of, if you take part in that trial, there must be some kind of guarantee that you get regular free skin checks. I mean, I don't know. Black people don't get skin cancer. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. <laughs> I, is, Did I make actually, that up? Probably. It's probably I'm sure you. I'm sure, black, it up, right? I'm sure black people are less likely to get it. But. Definitely don't don't get sunburned really easy. It's yeah. really really hard for me to get because that is what that's what the melanin is. Yeah. That's what yeah. That's what it's meant to do. I very I I think I've been sunburned once no twice in my life. Did you just, uh, is it a visible thing or just the pain? Like, no, blister? yeah, no. Well, the first time I was in San Antonio, Texas when I was like nine visiting my grandparents and I was outside in like 110 degree heat all uh-huh. day and I got like a burn on my uh, shoulder. Like that's the most you got after being. Yeah. Wow. I was out all all day in the sun with no sunscreen running around and I got a slight burn and even that was like gone with a little aloe. That's amazing. Um, and then I got burned uh, when I was um, on the ski thing when I was a kid. Slippers and sli- slippers yeah. and sliders. Yeah, because you're just out in the sun. You're out, you know, on top of a mountain all day with the sun like beaming on your face. And I got like a little, a slight burn on my on the tip of my nose. That's a nice problem to have, or How's lack it? of problem. Uh, according to Skin Cancer Foundation. Skin cancer makes up only 1% to 2% of all cases. I'm sorry, wait. Okay, this is... I'm sorry. Among black people in the U.S., skin cancer makes up only 1% to 2% of all cases of cancer. But, but it, it does say, according to this other article, that the outcomes are lower. Like, the the prognosis on the general outcome is worse for people of color, uh, which I th- it looks like, just skimming through this article... It's partly because it's diagnosed later because you're not looking mm. for it. And also, I think just generally, it doesn't... Uh, yeah, lower indexes of suspicion for skin cancer in people of color because the chances of it are smaller. So these people might be less likely to get regular full-body skin exams. And they're often occur in less sun-exposed places, which makes detection more difficult. For example, the soles of the feet is a common location. Isn't that what happened? Wasn't that what, what happened with Bob Marley? Didn't he get some? We talked about this already, didn't we? Yeah. On the podcast? I already forgot. Um, Bob Marley died of foot skin <laughs> something cancer. Something foot related is it was where it started. Yeah, like in the nail bed, you can get it in your eyes, nail bed, other places that seem protected from the sun. Uh, so they happen to happen in places that are less likely to be noticed. Yeah. How did this come up twice within the last month? And I already forgot. Um. There's yeah. lower awareness. It doesn't say it as well, but I would guess also there is a case that just on average communities of color have worse health care and are therefore less yeah. likely to be caught in time. There's that. But it's also such a low percentage that like, 
it kind of stands to reason that if you do get it, it's probably really bad. Right. Just because you're so unlikely to do so in the first place. It had to be a super strong cancer to overcome this. No, that like you had to, you probably had to be like, because it's so unlikely to happen in the first place that you probably had to be particularly disposed to it in the first place or whatever uh, the exposure that you had that made it more likely was probably so extreme. That, that whatever you were going to get was probably going to be it's worse. Gonna accelerate it once it happens. Yeah, just because you're probably likely to get a much worse version if you because because you're so unlikely to get it in the first place. You right. Know? Um, well, and yeah, Bob Marley again to repeat. I think we, we it, it was, was a few. Recent. It was very recently. No reason that it was uh it was under the nail bed on his. T- it was under a toenail that he had a skin cancer. But the urban legend was really? it was a football injury, and it's not that. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. He got skin cancer under a toenail. Mm-hmm. Well, this is why, you know, this is another example of why I say men shouldn't wear sandals. <laughs> Very good. I'm against it. Axiom to live by. Uh, so, you know, sunburns come from the sun, which is a star. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever find yourself curious about the life and death of stars, Matt? Man, I really do. If, is there some way that we could learn... There's a very good way. There's a very good, very free way. Is there way. some kind of sub- subscription... There is. ...that would give us access to that and... and- thousands of other lectures by top lecturers and scientists and communicators in their fields. There is a thing called The Great Courses Plus. What? Yes, and you can go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably right now and have 30 days of free access to their entire catalog of thousands of lectures on everything from dinosaurs to space exploration, painting, playing music. This huge library. This all actually kind of, we're coming sort of full circle because this course, the one that you just mentioned, The Life and Death of Stars, is taught by Professor Kevin G. Strassen, who is at Vanderbilt University, which you might have heard of recently on account of it saving our good friend Jesse Case from cancer. Oh, yes, it's in Nashville, isn't it? It is. That's the university and teaching hospital that basically (laughs) sorted Jesse out and really... Uh, and managed to get keep his stage four cancer at bay. They are a world class university, and a world class professor of physics is teaching this course. As this is a twenty four lecture series on the life and death of stars, that uh, I mean, this is a great sort of um, justification for this as a medium, both video and audio. And by the way, you can listen to these as just audio if you want. Yeah, because I've been doing this quite a bit. I've been jumping between the the nice thing about how this works with the app on the phone and then the desktop version and the version through your Apple TV or Roku or whatever is you can jump between the formats. I've been listening to it as podcast while I've been driving and then got home and then continued with the lecture yeah. when I've got back to my computer. But I think this is one that really does benefit from the visuals. Yeah, the lecture, um, the fourth one on Stellar Nurseries has this really cool virtual fly-through of the Stellar Nursery and the Orion Nebula. So it's nice to have, in addition to great information, great visualizations to go along with some of these things. So these are just like online courses? Like you just yeah. watch it? You just watch exactly. college, college level courses. And um, yeah, they're, they've been our new sponsor recently. We really love them. And, and it's not just science stuff. They've got all sorts of, like you were just doing the wine tasting one earlier. Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, uh, you can't taste through the app, but you know. <laughs> you do have to buy some wine to accompany yeah. it. And Dude, this one, you do, do have this. to buy. He could, he could May, do a month of it for free. You could sign up completely for free for a free trial for 30 days if you just go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. 
That's the hookup so, that they've got. Slash probably. Slash probably. As okay. In probably science, As in yeah. probably science. Okay. That's our yeah. That's our little passcode. That's our hookup that Can, they've given us for our listeners. Dude, I'm going to do this. Learn about writing great fiction, about stress management, translating Egyptian hieroglyphs. So like name a thing, it's on there. Uh, yeah, they've they stress cover stress management every- could be good. There really is. I've been I've been watching a few of those kind of things. You know, organization ones and negotiate. There was a negotiating one I was looking yeah. at. Yeah, they got I some wanna, cool things like that. I want to learn to negotiate, man. But, do they yeah. have like acting on there? I wouldn't be surprised because they have a bunch of arts things like they have music and um, visual arts. I bet there's an acting one. The Great Courses <laughs> Plus. Man, I can't wait to do these great courses. They sound great. There is a there is one from I was acting this mastering stage presence as a course. Oh, oh that's, well, that's, that's an acting. interesting. Yeah. That's as a, a comedian, you've already got that down. You've probably got you've probably got your. Uh, hey, you can art, always you can always of, learn something. The art of conflict <laughs> management. No, I don't want to learn that. These. I want to I want to talk some hostages out of. Some hostage takers out of taking their hostages. Yeah, uh... there's a lot of there's a lot of that. There's all sorts of stuff, uh, but yeah, the life and death of stars is the one that we've been dipping into most recently. It's pretty cool. Uh, once again, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably for a thirty day free trial. What do you think is the coolest course that they have? Oh, I don't know. I I, I really enjoyed. We we did. There was one we did a couple of months ago that was a. Uh, the understanding the misconceptions of science. That yeah, was a- yeah, that one was very cool because every episode was able to go in like vastly different directions. Um, but they're all they're all great and taught by top professors and lecturers, and it's uh, that's very engaging. And you know, it's like a cross between it's like eating your vegetables, but they're delicious. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how Brussels sprouts came back around suddenly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now they're like smoked with yeah, garlic right, and sea right. salt. And you put them like, on like a cookie yeah. sheet. This is the hipster Brussels sprouts yeah, of yeah. online educational services. I'm not sure they're going to love this vegetable analogy, but it's got to be something. Yeah, I thought it's got to be a bit in that, right? Yeah. And like your your mom wanting you to eat Brussels sprouts and you're like, and I that, hate Brussels sprouts. You're and then you just turned bucks. out that she couldn't cook. Oh no! I mean, listen. Well, all she needed was like a skillet. Yeah, and all a bit she of needed time. was like all she needed was a smoker and some uh, organic just, sea salt, or just not dunking <laughs> it in water. That's the only way you can fuck up sprouts. It's just to kind of boil it in water until it's gone. I mean, I think boiling was a pretty standard. Yeah, I think also just like produce has changed, or like the farmers market. I don't know if twenty, thirty years ago there was this like preponderance of farmers markets and access to fresh pro- like that's that's definitely like a more recent thing right yeah but i guess like I'm not blaming my mom for the fact that we had canned vegetables sometimes but i, I just, just mean like, uh, the like br- brussels sprouts yeah because they're so fancy now they like are. you go to a restaurant and it's a 15 dollar appetizer and but again never boiled it's always, yeah they're not boiled yeah, they're yeah. like yeah and they're always really good sauteed with butter and garlic by the way i might actually do this one i'm just look there is hungry there's a few cooking (laughs) courses but one of them is cooking basics what everyone should know that seems that actually might be quite a handy one to do i might give (laughs) i might give that a go there's also cooking the perfect thanksgiving turkey as an individual oh i'm gonna that's that's an impossibility like every year my brothers try to do some like one year my brother bought a deep fryer and right where you like buy a kettle drum and like yeah or one of the yeah those giant things you put in the driveway bury it in the earth on the hot coal for half a day (laughs) or one of them they were just injecting tons of salt water into and Mm because we always have like a pretty not always but like i think one year we had like close to 50 people at this thanksgiving dinner so it's like a multiple turkey Thanksgiving, so then you can like do apples yeah. to apples, or turkey to turkey comparisons of the different styles of cooking for each of the. Um, by I, the way, sorry, what you what are you gonna say, Trey? Oh, I was gonna say I think this might be my first Thanksgiving in L.A. 
Oh, oh yeah? What are you going to do? I don't know. Like, I've always gone back to Denver, but yeah. I have a day job now, so, like, I don't know that I can there make are, that work. There are, a fair, there are a few orphan Thanksgivings that various comics throw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a very we'll funny to- one at Charlene Conley's house one time that ended with... Um, holiday karaoke for some reason <laughs> right i don't Checks think i was out. there for the karaoke but that that <laughs> does figure uh, i thought when you were talking about the life and death of stars i thought i thought you were going to segue into the story that was in the dock that uh, oh. <laughs> milky way center exploded 3.5 million years ago a cataclysmic energy flare ripped million, through a, not billion that's not very long ago that is not that long ago in in, in the universe yeah cosmos times uh, a cataclysmic energy flare ripped through our galaxy, the Milky Way, about three and a half million years ago, say a team of astronomers. They say the so-called sifter flare started near the supermassive black hole in the center of the galaxy. The impact was felt 200,000 light years away. The discovery that the Milky Way center was more dynamic than previously thought can lead to a complete reinterpretation of its evolution. The results dramatically change our understanding of the Milky Way, says co-author Magma uh, Guglielmo. By the way, that's not a real magma. Per- that's not a real person. That person's not real. University of Sydney scientist. That guy's not real. Yeah, uh, a woman, I believe. Magma. Oh, I've just found it as a female name. Uh, we always. Yeah, that's a that uh, is a fantastic scientist great, name. Yeah. Magma. Love it. Magma Guglielmo from yeah. University of Sydney. Yeah, that's not fake. If it's we go back to <laughs> if we go back to do a live probably science at. In Australia, we gotta get I think we might need to get Google Elmo. Yeah, we always thought that our of, about our galaxy is an inactive galaxy with not with a not so bright center. She added, "Listen, this the galaxy's yeah, well, just yeah. nursing a, a back injury right now. Yeah, it's yeah. Why get back up. why she have to insult the intelligence of the galaxy? <laughs> yeah, the center of the it's, it's very, not so bright. Maybe not book bright, but it's got it's yeah. got a high emotional yeah. intelligence. Very nice. It's a very nice galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a very pleasant to be around galaxy. A little sedentary, a little slow. <laughs> I also think like it's always fun when you read stuff like that because like my first instinct you go like, oh, the the center of the Milky Way exploded 3.5 million years ago. I'm like, I'm just hearing about this now? Wow, it took them that long to by tell the, me? By the way, I think the BBC has screwed up somewhere. Uh, in this article? In this article with with this person's name. Because I just Googled Magma Guglielmo. I did too. <laughs> and there is no result that looks I other, than, told other, you. Than, this other than this article. Everything else. It's not real. She's, I, she's I think not real. Magma is... Supposedly Magda? Magda? What? It, it could be Magda Guglielmo, but it could also be... It says underneath, like, Magma could be the name of the science group or... Uh, yeah, it... it what what university is it that she supposedly works at? It is Magda. Okay. They, okay. There is a typo. Damn it, it. Is, it is Mag, Magda Guglielmo. Still a great name, it's, by the way. Oh, yeah. We'll still still have a Magda, solid Magda, name. Magda. Yeah. Uh, who tweets, whose Twitter handle is at Astro Confusion. Well, that's why their name got messed up. It's right? right there in the handle. Uh, Magda Guglielmo is a, a doctor, uh, doctor of astrophysics by the looks of things and also an under and overwater photographer for fun and a scuba diver in other words photographer that's just the two, yes, the two the, places you can the, do photography everything is in the subset of either yeah. up, outside of or inside of water <laughs> and but magda does take pictures in both those two states I'm trying to find a link to her photos but yeah there we go but all right hey magda i know we got i 
I reckon with our number of Australian listeners, we're probably no more than one, one or two degree of separation. Yeah. Have you ever been to Australia? We have. We did a live, a little tour of live probably science shows at the beginning oh, of this year. That's so cool. I've never been. I it's, always wanted to go as a kid. It it's, was really fun. As it was, delightful as you've heard. Australia is, for a various reasons, our largest per capita listenership. Really? So it's a very podcast friendly nation. It's a podcast friendly nation, and we had a couple of high profile Australians who really helped boost our audience. And so we got to, yeah, we hit, we hit, what was it, five different Australian cities? Yeah, Brisbane, Cairns, dude, that's so Perth, cool. Sydney, Melbourne. Man, I want to go to Australia so bad. You got to come with us. We're hoping to come back out in 2020. We're it's a good on... comedy town as well. They would appreciate you. They enjoy. They would enjoy what you offer. I want to go so bad. Somebody bring me well, to Australia. There we're... is a tour, by the way. The, the Melbourne Comedy Festival has a couple of showcase shows every year that are American comics doing sort of three to four comics per bill. Do they, but that's not. You can't submit to that, probably, right? I think that's more a case of get your people to contact the people who book that and put the put your name in front of them. Okay, but I can get my people. I can ask my people yeah. to talk to their people. But, very doable. And then once you're over there, they're uh, very warm audiences. They are. Yeah, there. It's a fun. It's a very cool place. You got to go surfing in Sydney. That was the best. Did or I Melbourne or both? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did both. I think. But did you, Bell's Beach. Yeah. I want to see a kangaroo so bad. That is very easy to do in certain places. And you can pet, pet koalas in certain places, but not in other places. Dude, I, like, my, uh, my high school math teacher was Australian. Uh-huh. And he was the one that told me that in Australia they actually hate kangaroos. <laughs> like, that they're like deer, the deer that they're of... everywhere. That's they're exactly... Like, deer is exactly the kind of equivalent. If you live in a rural area in America and they're yeah. just like, they get onto the roads. Yeah, they're just like in the and, way. People yeah. are like, ugh. Fucking kangaroos! What's <laughs> it? Was it in where it was wallabies? Where we just—that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because we yeah. were just—we we were being driven back by, uh, by Mick. Was by, it Mick? Yeah. I think it was Mick Smout who was looking after us and helped us get out there in the first place. And he, we were driving back from the place we were drinking after the show. And they <laughs> well, went, I mean, hold on a second. <laughs> when I say driving, we we were being driven, but yes. we, we were we were, driving we were being dri- They were driving. Yes. From the what's the name of the brewery? Because it's his his wife was um 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 uh, it starts with an M. I will let McAllister you Brewery. I think that's it. Double Cairns? check. But oh. they went. Hey, if we should take you around this whatever route road because that's where the wallaby. We'll see some wallabies, and we're like, okay, that'll be cool. Maybe see one or two. It's like I don't even know what the collective noun is at this for this number. There's like a swarm of wallabies. wallabies. <laughs> They're just all over the lawn around this area and just like hanging out, just. <laughs> Being, and it they was were way more than I thought. It was a it was, an obnoxious number of these things. <laughs> yeah. Australia has the funniest animals. They are kangaroos, wallabies, koalas, all like all hilarious. Some very yeah. weird things have evolved in that enclosed ecosystem. Yeah, wallaby. The first time I ever even heard of a wallaby was because Rocco's Modern Life was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Uh-huh. Was Rocco and a wallaby? Rocco's a wallaby. I I just watched the. Um, on recommendation of Jordan Dahl, I just watched the new one. Oh, the made yeah, the movie. Netflix. It's pretty good, yeah. dude. It's great. I forgot that he's a wallaby. Though. It is great, but well, the... we should have at some point Martin Olson, who's one of the writers of that. Are they going to say who is a wallaby? Yeah, <laughs> who is it's a, a wallaby? Big wallaby listenership. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And then McAllister Breweries, where we went. There we go. That was good beer. We enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, on the drive back from there, they took us on a half a block detour to drive past. An All of unacceptable number of wallabies <laughs> staring our car down into the headlights. They really yeah. were. Like we turned around, we're like, I, I honestly expected to be 
It was like, it was like a horror movie. It was yeah. like, like Hitchcock's The, the Birds, but yeah. with Wallabies. Yeah. They were this, just suddenly all there on the lawn, just looking. This, this sounds like how you're going to slowly get us to your your new passion, which is eliminating the Wallaby. <laughs> from the, like, they know what they did. It's just like it came around, and I didn't know they were a problem, but now I do. So this Milky Way flare created two enormous ionization cones that s- sliced through the Milky Way. The team, led by Professor Joss Bland Hawthorne, who is also from Australia, used the data gathered by the Hubble Space Telescope to calculate when the massive explosion of high-energy radiation took place. And, I mean, that's... that's, Sorry. The story just kind of petered out at that point. I'm sorry, I was still trying to find... I was like, should I say that we're going to post video of the Wallabies, but then I'm I'm not sure if I still have it. Oh, is that what you were doing? You're looking through your phone? phone. I thought you were about to say something and then you were staring at your phone. I want to see this Wallaby video. If you if we have it if we find it we should definitely sure, post it. Sure, I'll post it on. Oh yeah, I got it. Wait, let me see this. <laughs> I'll throw it up on the TV. Uh, I guess I could just put it up on our, our Twitter. Yeah, yeah. At pro- Twitter at probably science. Uh, yeah, can we even attach videos to the show notes? I guess we can put it on Twitter and then link to of... that tweet in yeah, the show yeah, notes. Yeah. What is a group of wallabies called? A collective noun? I don't know. Here's the here's the wallabies. Up on the TV there. Oh, there there we go. Yeah, that's a lot of wallabies. That's a ton of wallabies. That, that's just even... You can't even see beyond because of the, the, the light. That's just the few that were nearest the curb. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a... Are wallabies, like, nice or mean? Uh, I don't know. It probably depends on context. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, if you talk about one's mom or something, it'll be mad. Insult his girlfriend. <laughs> These guys look like they're about to like work out. They're like hanging out by. Oh, that's not a jungle gym. Those are trees. The, the way they're standing by the road, looking at the car, it, feel, it feels like you guys are driving through like a bad wallaby neighborhood. <laughs> 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 and they just, just keep driving, man. Just keep driving. <laughs> How do I turn off airplay now? Anyway, yes, we will link to those wallabies. If you I'm trying to, to find your collective wallabies. noun. The adult, adult male wallabies are referred to as bucks, boomers, or jacks. An adult female wallaby is known as a doe, a flyer, or a jill. And a group of wallabies, there we go, is called a court or a troop or, and I think this is more most appropriate for this, uh, a mob. Mob of wallabies. A a mob of wallabies. That was literally a mob of wallabies. He was killed by a mob of wallabies. That'd be the funniest way to die. It's also the collective noun for kangaroos, a mob, a troop, or a court. So a kangaroo court is... Is a real thing. That's why it's called that? I don't know. Or I don't know which way around that happened. Yeah. That is really funny that you call it a court of kangaroos, and then people started saying, this is a kangaroo court. Because, like, who came up with that first? Was it a guy who actually was tried by kangaroos and felt like he was railroaded? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of why that you know? would even have become a term. Like, not again. I've already been tried by a kangaroo it's court. Kangaroos. <laughs> There's no due process with any. There's none. None. The marsupials just don't understand it. Kangaroo court origin. You're like, that's not how you enter evidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, have we mentioned that you were a lawyer before getting into comedy yet on today's episode? Oh, I mentioned. Well, no, I was. Com- I was a comedian first. I oh. said I was going to law school, but no, I was doing comedy way way before. Oh. I was doing comedy like two years before I went to law school. Oh, really? And then how yeah. long did you practice? I never practiced. 
Oh, okay. I've made up this story about you. No, I never practiced. I just went to law school. Just because spending money's fun? No, because... Well, I mean, obviously spending <laughs> yeah. money is fun. But also, no, I was getting a political science degree and I didn't know what to do with it. It seemed kind of worthless. And I was like, I probably should do something else with this. And I'd taken like a bunch of law classes at my college and I was good at them and I liked them. My professor was like, you should think about this. And so I was just like... Uh, okay, it'll probably be easier to do stand up in school than out of it. So, so you went straight from undergrad into law school and mm-hmm. already started doing. There stand-up? are a fair yeah. number of lawyer and law school comics as well. Yeah, I should like Guy Branham. Guy yeah, Branham, Branham. Uh, Geraldo. Geraldo was yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, Matt Ritter has that whole group of like um, the comedians of the like the lawyers, the lawyers of comedy or whatever. Oh, I don't know it. Uh. Yeah, he's got like a whole a whole thing. Did you kind of make sense? It, there's a logical connection between those two things. Yeah, they are largely they are both populations with a high rate of suicide. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think it works in that way in part because of the way you think. Yeah, you know, um, it's analytical. It's arguing. Yeah, arguing one side of a case. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, a yeah. Convincing, ad, but but. Yeah. approachable fashion yeah i um yeah i don't know yeah i pretty much just went because i didn't know what else to do right right and i figured it'd be easier and then they gave me a full scholarship so it was like why not oh sweet um and so yeah i just went and did i just you, did stand up the whole time did you ever try to take the bar or have you passed the bar oh yeah no i'm licensed in colorado oh, i no took shit. it right away yeah that's i went straight through and took so it how, and everything. how long is that like if you just wanted to get back into practicing could you or get into practicing i guess does that like have a expiration date or anything no i mean my license is inactive currently like i put it on inactive because i didn't want to pay the dues yeah uh and you also have to do a whole bunch of cle's and stuff like that like these like continuing legal education courses like you have to go and like listen to somebody talk about you know marijuana law for an hour and they give you three credits you know like you have to do that stuff all the time and i was doing stand-up but i didn't want to right right um so I just put my license on inactive. My understanding is that I can activate it whenever and pay the back dues and start. L- I could up. hang out my own shingle, but I would be basically just waiting to get uh, sued for malpractice <laughs> because <laughs> I, I have no, I couldn't do that. Just forgotten it, even though yeah. you could. Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I graduated in 2011. If I tried to like. I know, like, some stuff. I can still read cases. I can still analyze them and that kind of stuff. But, like, I and I could probably go and, like, work really hard to try to figure out how to passively do it. But, like, I'm so away from it. It's like, no, no, I couldn't. I'm I um, twice that distance and more from engineering. So whatever, you can always fall back. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. That yeah. degree is of zero use at this point. Pretty much, yeah. Mine's yeah. like it's it looks nice on my resume, and yeah. I like having it, and it's like a cool thing that I did. But like, if I tried to practice, I would take a lot of remedial effort for me to yeah, figure yeah. out how to practice now. So it's a ring endorsement for your future law career, uh, listeners. If you need representation, <laughs> yep. You know what else can get you out of trouble other than lawyers? Antibiotics. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say guns. <laughs> yeah. The, the guns of the guns. cell. Uh, this is a story sent in. Who was it? Was it, it was Sean Robinson? Our buddy Sean mm-hmm. sent in a story from the conversation. Uh, 
I've never heard of this website. Is this? I have not either. Do we trust this site? I think so. The author is, the author according to this is, uh, Katarzyna Mikiewicz, which is a cool name there from Newcastle, uh, who is a research fellow at Newcastle University. uh, Receives funding from European Research Council. This work was funded. I think. I think. Uh, Katarzyna might actually be one of the authors of the study and but trust it yeah it says here's the bio of the author Uh, the work was funded by European research grant the um, had supported by the Newcastle Biomedical Research Centre awarded to the Newcastle Bontine Hospitals NHS Foundations Trust and Newcastle University and yeah, this is. I'm on board. Okay, it's a legit site. Newcastle person. University provides funding as a member of the Conversation UK. I think this is like a collective university fund. Sorry, a collective website for communicating news from various British universities. By the looks of things. Okay. So yeah, this has come directly from a university, which is, Newcastle University is a proper and good university. So th- I'm I'm counting this, this as is a legit. Not, this is not coming from PragerU. Yeah, this is not. Nor is it coming from like Natural Earth. Science, right, right. What's, bone. what's the worst university in the UK? Like, what's the one that like people are like, oh, so and so graduated from? Oh, what's I the worst know. in America? I can't think of what the worst. It's well, I know the like is. law schools, like the worst law school. What's the worst law school? Cooley Law. It's like <laughs> they'll probably might sue me, but it's like a for-profit law school, and they're like notoriously terrible. Oh, really? Like, yeah, notoriously. Well, terrible. there are you don't really have the for-profit one. You've got the sort of correspondence ones in the UK, but then some of those are actually high quality, right? And then you know that, and then there are yeah, there there are like university rankings that get published every year, and there are the ones that used to be the polytechnics that got turned into universities when that distinction got removed in the. 80s or ni- 90s I think but it was that wouldn't be like the butt of a lazy joke about bad schools or something no because even even those ones like some of those ones that were like former polytechnics that were quite like technical schools that got upgraded into universities like might be low down in the rankings for certain academic subjects but then are really good at some specific things uh-huh. huh. so I, I don't know I, there's I, no like it's not like a thing where it's like like University of Phoenix Online, which is the yeah, sort of- or, yeah, or like or like some kind of thing where you know where everybody just kind of is like, all right, but like it's a state school, but it's also like the most state school of state schools. Like it's like that's like the one that's like the safety. We don't have that dis- safety. Here, here go. I'm just looking at this article now. This is the worst university in the UK according to according to this specific article. But but and also there was one that I think was. Um, found to be a sort of scamming foreign students. Uh, was that bad? Are you not supposed to do uh, that? <laughs> it, was, it was specifically like a whole load of people who came over on student visas lost their status because it was... Cause this oh, universe, Yeah, it was like, it was really... Um, I think that was in the UK. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna... Okay. I just looked up worst universities in America because I was also curious. Owlcation.com, no idea what this site is, says Fayetteville State. In North Carolina. Maybe it's just that they're considered a bad... Or the graduation rate is low. It's bad return on investment. Like, I'd be curious about that. Because I feel like... And tell me if I'm wrong. But does the U, do schools in the UK have the same sort of, like, weird profit incentive that American colleges do? You know, like, for example, like, lots of schools... 
uh, have law schools because they're super low. They're like low overhead, but they cost a ton of money. And then they'll use the money from the law schools to go and do a bunch of other stuff, you know, because all the free money from the government and everything, the free student loan money. So they'll do all these like weird things. That's why they build like all those massive stadiums. There is, there is less of that (laughs) in the UK just because there's less money in general. And until fairly recently, there were restrictions on caps on the amount that they can charge for things. Back in the day, university was free. And then around the time I started going, it became paid for, but low money and tuition fees got brought in, which is quite nice. It was free? It was completely free in the 90s and before. What? Yeah. I never knew that. That's and then insane. Yeah, that was a big thing that the when they brought in tuition fees and there was a big, you know, people feeling betrayed by the politicians. I remember wow. there being marches and protests. Um, Boston Tories. University, according Tories to... Tories did that? Uh, weirdly, like, no. It was not exclusively a conservative. It was also brought in. I think Labour Party brought in some tuition fees and then the coalition government allowed more with the Liberal Democrats. So... Um, Bucks New University got the lowest ranking in the league tables, but also league tables are like I don't know what those are. So every year they publish league tables of like university rankings. Okay, that was kind of like that. like U.S. News and World Reports, like best college. Yeah, and they do that in America as well, and they do that worldwide. And but it's also there's several different league tables, and people come di- universities come differently in different places depending on what their criteria are. Yeah. Oh, guess who's number one right now? Who is number one right now? Your alma mater. Oh, really? Yeah. Cambridge. I thought I thought Harvard normally beats. Oh no, sorry. On the uh, I looked up league tables. Oh, okay. So of of British of UK universities, because uh, nice some go more by undergrad results and some by postgrad and some go by research amount that comes out and they weight it differently and yeah. So See, yeah, that's what I think they should do here. I think I think it should be you should only be able to charge a certain amount over what it costs to educate a student. Like of they what shouldn't it actually co- how of you, what, how it actually what it actually costs. costs though, you know? They know because they know they have to know because they know how much it costs for them to like any other business. They know how much it costs for them to maintain the facilities, to pay the teachers, Tuition, all salary. that stuff. Because you have to pay for your own books, right. right? You have to pay for your own lodging and blah blah blah, right? So they know like how much like it costs them to maintain student housing and blah blah blah. I think. They shouldn't be able to charge more than a certain amount over how a much percentage. it costs you. But then, like, yeah. if every school, if every kind of degree is only, I guess you could argue whether there should be charges at all. But if they're, if they're only directly correlated to the expense of having the school, then you're going to have like law school be dirt cheap and like things that require facilities like medical school or or engineering kind of things but it would still be, be more cheaper. expensive but it would still be cheaper it would be cheaper it would be so much cheaper and but i to me that works huge yeah but i mean to right? me that works probably better because like well law school probably won't because they pay the professors a ton oh okay um and like it costs a lot to have like westlaw and lexus nexus for everybody and things like that but the a overall lot? like how much it costs a deep dude. That sh- that shit is not cheap, man. Really? That, yeah, like you can for an unlimited like Westlaw thing. The, like Which they is have the database the schools. You can access. I'm sure. Yeah, well, that's why nobody uses like books anymore. Like because Westlaw and Lexus have all of the cases, like all Supreme Court cases, all appellate court cases, state court cases. They, 
all of it is like online and this of that uh, and yeah lexus Exus, and westlaw have those and so like you don't have to in three years of law school i didn't have to go open like a book in the library to find a case no shit i had to do it one time because they told us to do it so that we would know how yeah but other than that any case you need any sort of authorities you need you pull on westlaw same thing that's what like law firms do but they usually have like depending on what your firm does, they have different packages. Mm -hmm. And so you could have a package where it charges by the search. And so you'll get in trouble from the firm if you don't search efficiently because you'll cost the firm a bunch of money. Yeah, that seems like a weird way to disincentivize someone from using your service. It's so like, well, you have to use it. So it's like, you know, it becomes this thing where it's like, yeah, you better learn to like search efficiently and well you have to do broad searches and then narrow them down because if you narrow it down you don't have to pay again in the narrowing you just have to pay for the broad initial search so you have to like learn to like do the interesting business model where you're penalizing your dumbest users kind of yeah pretty (laughs) much Charging more for people to yeah says here you just put the word cat in seven times (laughs) cat all right big cat yeah you're fired uh he just, no, wrote, I don't he just know. wrote boobs with more and more O's in the middle for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how are there this many cases about boobs? Uh, <laughs> and then no. you put it. Then you put in the word boobs upside down in number. <laughs> right. No, I don't know. That's what I think they should do. I think that would help solve because if they that's what they used to do they used to have like price control it would just be like you can only tuition can only be this much i think people would be bothered here because it would be like what do you mean my school can't build a new stadium like all of that yeah yeah like dumb like massive you know school pride yeah, shit like, would you want go a new away. stadium you've got to convince another billionaire to want to have Pretty their much, name yeah. on the front on the stadium yeah but that's better than like everybody having a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt yeah that's true yeah for them to have like sports teams that have players that don't even get paid that like, is that's <laughs> i heard that might change soon right wasn't there just an article recently about yep. how yeah there maybe the, california <clears throat> might be the first it is to- so I mean, they should. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that we act like they're students. Like you know what they are? They're professional athletes. Who, yeah. What else is making money off of? And yeah, and like the school is making so much so money much off money. of that. That I did not understand that before I came to America. That college sports are just in some areas. That is the sport team, dude. Huge. That's in my hometown. The population of Ann Arbor sells out. The city itself has 100,000 people. The stadium has 115,000. It's 115, so 000. weird that a whole it team, a whole city comes out yeah. just to watch student, yeah. student athletes, but they're not really there. Yeah. I guess in the Premier League, there are a bunch of... Because you, you don't what go that? through university. Premier League soccer, you don't go to... Oh, okay. Or like football around the world. You you don't go to university first. You come up through the youth team. So you are watching quite often some 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it like, in America, they go to college first for three years. Yeah, they go years. to college and... The college gets so much money in student loans from people and they use that money and then they pay for, you know, all kinds of like fun, like resort things. And then you carry that debt and then people will still throw on that college jersey. It's like they robbed you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why are you like you're like repping like it'd be like if you dude, it's like if somebody broke into your house. (laughs) And stole all your shit, and then you went around in a t-shirt with their face on it. It's insane. It's You've been so burgled. crazy. Like state schools that cost 
you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a it's year. Insane. And there's no way it costs that. No. There's no way it costs that to teach you we've all been to college. Yeah. It's pretty easy. It's easier than high school to me. But like parts of it were harder, but parts of it were easier, definitely. Yeah. Dude, it's like I, I don't know. For me, it was, the college thing works because it's like, dude, you do one paper, that might be your grade for that class. <laughs> like, cool, golden. That's so easy. There's so little work <laughs> on the part of the actual school. I'm remembering, <laughs> I'm remembering the one class I got a D in in my life, though. I'm like, no, that was fucking hard, I sh- and I was taking it a year earlier than I should have, but I think that was actually quantum mechanics. Yeah, that's like way <laughs> that different. That was really hard. I was political science. Political science is... It, none of it's real. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's literally it's like... definitely not a science. Dude, it literally is like people going like, oh, uh, so like write a paper on who you think is likely to win the primary. It's like, well, and show me that I'm wrong. Cool, yeah. I'll make it up. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, be like theory. So, constantly. Wi- widespread antibiotic use oh, yes. is largely <laughs> to blame for the emergence of antibiotic-resistant bacteria, which is currently one of the biggest threats to global health. Not only does antibiotic resistance already cause an estimated 700,000 deaths a year, holy shit, it has been, it's also made numerous infections, including pneumonia, tuberculosis, and gonorrhea, harder to treat. Without knowing how to stop bacteria from developing antibiotic resistance, it's predicted that preventable diseases could cause 10 million deaths a year by 2050. Some of the ways the bacteria become resistant to antibiotics is through changes in the genome of the bacteria. For example, they can pump... The antibiotics out, the bacteria can, or they can break the antibiotics down. It can also stop growing and divide, which makes them difficult to spot for the immune system. However, our research, there you go, the whole thing is written in the first person, has focused on another little-known method that bacteria use to become antibiotic-resistant. We have directly shown that bacteria can change shape in the human body to avoid being targeted by antibiotics a process that requires no genetic changes for the bacteria to continue growing. Virtually all bacteria are surrounded by a structure called the cell wall, which is like a thick jacket which protects against environmental stresses and prevents the cell from bursting. It gives bacteria a regular shape, for example, a rod or a sphere, and helps them divide efficiently. Can I pause you for a second? Yes. I haven't read ahead in the article, but just a prediction, because they're already mentioning the thick jacket and changing shape. Are two of the bacteria going to stand on each other's shoulders and wear a trench coat yeah. and try to convince either <laughs> an adult bacteria? That is exactly it. So you should be at Newcastle University right now aiding this research. Yeah. <laughs> human cells don't possess a cell wall or jacket. Because of this, it's easy for the human immune system to recognize bacteria as an enemy because its cell wall is noticeably different. And because the cell wall exists in bacteria but not in humans, it's an excellent target for some of our best and most commonly used antibiotics, such as penicillin. And then that's how penicillin works. (laughs) In other words, antibiotics targeting the wall can kill bacteria without harming us. But bacteria can occasionally survive without their cell wall. If the surrounding conditions are able to protect the bacteria from bursting, they can turn into so-called L-forms, which are bacteria without a cell wall. They were discovered in 1935 by Emmy Kleinberger Nobel, who named them after the Lister Institute where she was working at the time. As a... In the lab, we often use sugar to create a suitably protective environment. In the human body, this change in form is typically triggered by antibiotics that target the bacteria's cell wall or certain immune molecules, such as a lysome, which is a molecule that's present in our tears, which helps protect us from bacterial infections. Bacteria without a cell wall often become fragile and lose their regular shape, but they also become partly invisible to our immune system and completely resistant to all types of antibiotic that specifically target the wall. And scientists long suspected 
The L-form switching might contribute to recurrent infections by helping bacteria hide from the immune system and resist the antibiotics. But it was difficult to find evidence for the theory due to the elusive nature of the L-forms and lack of appropriate methods to detect them. So this study, this is quite a long article, so I'll, <laughs> I'll skim forward. But the study looks specifically at bacterial species associated with recurrent urinary tract infections. So this UTI, they found many different bacterial species, including E. coli and Enterococcus, can survive as L-forms inside the human body, which has never been proven before. They were able to detect these, and I quote, sneaky bacteria using fluorescent probes that recognize bacterial DNA. They tested them, uh, urine samples from elderly patients with recurrent UTIs by growing them in a Petri dish high in sugars. Not only did these environments help protect bacteria from bursting, it also isolated the L-form of the bacteria. Which is the jacket list back to you. Isn't this... And yeah. This whole article is basically like the plot of Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Did I you actually not. see Osmosis Jones? Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen Osmosis Jones. Isn't he like hiding from like like white cells or like cops <laughs> it's like inner space but animated right like right like, yeah but it's it's like uh it's like the magic school bus oh yeah sort yeah. of like it's like the bacteria the different cells and stuff are you know personified kind of but i thought like cops and stuff in it were white blood cells and they're like hiding from them and stuff oh, okay no? never, i don't think i'd ever Am heard I wrong? of it did I just um, did i just i, I imagine I, the thing that's gonna finally make me money <laughs> if I, <laughs> this movie's part live action I didn't know that so it it's, switches back and forth it's like inner space in terms of like there's you also see the person that they're inside or something at some point uh, yeah I think so yeah and it stars Bill Murray Chris Rock Molly Shannon William Shatner Lawrence Fishburne David Hyde Pierce Chris Elliott directed by amongst others the Farrelly Brothers the Far- Farrelly Brothers directed the live action bit oh and then Tom Cito and Piet Kroon Is this something the I animation. should watch now? That's a, kind of an interesting cast. I remember it being like kind of like a big deal. It was like a good... Really? Yeah, it was like relatively popular. It has a mid-level Rotten Tomatoes review. Mid-level. Mid-level's, mid-level's not bad. Mid-level's not bad. 55% average rating. Mid-level's uh, not bad. Also, you forgot to mention the cast includes Kid Rock as Kidney Rock. Oh. Oof. Is it worth it for that? I think... <laughs> I mean, am I wrong about what the plot is? No, this is is that it's definitely it's like uh it's like bacteria like trying to hide or something, right? Yep. Um, let's something see. like that. Yeah. Uh, Osmosis Jones is a rebellious officer of the Frank PD. I'm assuming Frank. Oh, Frank is Bill Murray, who is uh the one that takes place inside of right. Uh, this. This Osmosis Jones guy is demoted to patrol duty in the mouth after an incident where he induced Frank to vomit against orders, resulting in Frank being fired from his previous job at a pea soup factory. <laughs> oh, this is like, oh, it's like a gross-out comedy, huh? It is the Farrelly Brothers. Yeah. Mayor Fleming, spelled P-H-L-E-G-M, which is William Shatner. Um, I'm not sure. He's... I'm not sure if he is a white blood cell. He's he's part of the body PD, which maybe means he is that. Yeah, I think he's a white blood cell. He is. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Osmosis Jones was written up in the journal uh, <laughs> Nature Communications. So It was? No. Oh, okay. that's, where, that's where this study with the oh, L-forms. Oh, but yeah, they... They, are, they need to further research to find out how important L-form switching is compared to other forms of antibiotic resistance. But More ways that we can be terrified about 
um, our inevitable succumbing to um, I, the next... it's a really serious thing the, the chance of that has a high chance of being the thing that really that it's, finally fucks up humans is I rec- drug not, resistant not to plug other mm-hmm. podcasts but like on Sam Harris's Making Sense podcast they had someone who specializes in uh, antibiotic resistant um, infections and yeah it's you forget that like there's no anyone is hoping that we just have to find like the one best drug there's no such thing there never will be such a thing it's always going to change so it's this constant is always going to be an arms red yeah they're like constantly yeah. making new antibiotics to try to like combat yeah there things. will never be a case where we have this pill and all you have to do is take this so it's just like a thing that civilization is always going to be at a battle with and there's always going to be pandemics in our future just alkaline water and the right pendulum and that's all you need <laughs> we sit as we sit here drinking did we talk about this or not <laughs> this black water that someone they, gave me are they sponsoring you too they're not but uh, it's they free. should be it's it's alkaline man i like everyone just throws that around as if it's automatically great but um, yeah most tap water is alkaline yeah it's, it's got a ph of eight so yeah it's basic. Make, make of that what you will. Yeah. Don't undermine your sponsorship pitch. <laughs> Blackwater, if you want to sponsor us, they are. It's uh, really good. It tastes like water, but it's, it's black. It's, it's, it tastes it's exactly black. like water, yeah. but just makes you slightly more suspicious as you drink it on account of it being not the color of water. Right? You think you're about to taste Diet Coke, and it's yeah. uh, it's just water. It's very good. Uh, they spelled black wrong, which I think is cool. Um, DLK water. Yeah, it's really, and it looks, uh, it, it, it comes in an annoyingly small bottle, so there is a very high drink to plastic ratio. <laughs> Such mm-hmm. a bad. Or low, rather. Oh, by the way, I meant to, because we had a listener complain about me, my complaint about the plastic straw debacle. Uh-huh. He's like, what, do you want us to make more, like, plastic waste? And I was like, no, I just think the straws are just a drop in the bucket compared to, like, what we waste in things like water bottles yeah. in our lives. And there's all these unintended consequences. Like one of the Democratic debates, they somehow got on that topic early on. Remember that? Yeah. I didn't actually watch it. And then there was an editorial that raised a good point, which is that straws are an important part of disabled people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And you're fucking up all these people's... Uh, like they need those for sustenance. It's not like just this luxury item. It's like plastic yeah. straws that work are important to a lot of people. Like, yeah, but paper straws used to be just be what straws were. Like in like the just you, because plastic wasn't common. just like yeah. If you yeah. go, if you were in like the fifties, you go to a soda soda shop or something. It was a paper straw. Yeah, then like they were was, always paper. And before that, it was straw. Yeah, oh. you would actually have to <laughs> piece of straw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would just have to go yep. like that. Um, hey, try it. We should wrap this up. Yep. Where where can our listeners find you and find out more about what you're doing? They can and fi- find legal advice. They they cannot find legal advice. I feel like I legally obliged. If to there's say anything I know that I need to say, <laughs> is that uh, they can find me at Troy Walker ESQ. Oh, Esquire on so Instagram and Twitter. Well, I came up with that. Like, yeah, like I I put that as. Uh, my twitter i think when i was still in law school okay. and then uh i think kate and holland was the one who was like oh you work for esquire magazine and i was like <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> i never considered uh but yeah so now that's just been my handle ever since so nice. instagram twitter troy walker esq i have a great uh bit about koalas for your australian all listeners. right 
that uh, Comedy Works tagged me in recently. Oh, nice. We can link to that. Mm-hmm. That's one. Yeah, that's that's fun. You can find us at Property Science, PropertyScience.com, PropertyScienceGmail.com is the email address if you want to send us comments, questions, clarifications, any stories you'd like us to cover. Mm-hmm. You can find us individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Writing nice things about us on iTunes and the like really helps people find us. We really appreciate everyone who does that and gives us good ratings on your podcast listener of choice and spreads the word. That's the other thing. And you can donate through probablyscience.com. That is where the PayPal and Patreon links are. Indeed. Uh, thank you very much, all of our donors and patrons. And thank, you. thank you so much for joining us, Troy. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. See you really next really week. Fun.